This is Psalms to God, Season 1, Episode 35, Most Likely to Betray You. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com slash betray. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that Jesus had been condemned, was full of remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. I have sinned by betraying innocent blood, he said. What's that to us, they said. See to it yourself. So he threw the silver into the temple and departed. Then he went and hanged himself. Matthew chapter 27 verses 3 through 5, CSB. Welcome back to the Psalms to God podcast. Today, we're talking about betrayal. We're back into this high school yearbook superlative series, and today's episode is called Most Likely to Betray You. Now, I wanted to talk about betrayal because I feel like it's so easy to be the betrayer. I know y'all wasn't ready for me to say that, but... If you're honest and you look at different examples of betrayal in the Bible, in real life, and you look at who did the betraying and why they betrayed this person, you can start to see bits and pieces of yourself. You start to see feelings and emotions that you felt and thoughts that you may have had but not acted on. And I wanted to talk about it but because it's key for us to recognize those so that we don't act on it, so that we don't become the betrayer. And I want to talk about a couple of different aspects of betrayal that are seen in the Bible. I know when you talk about the Bible and betrayal, you jump to Judas automatically. And we're going to talk about him, but I want to talk about three different instances of betrayal because they have certain things in common with us and with each other. Um, obviously the first point of betrayal is that it usually happens amongst inner circles, the person you least expect to betray you. Um, and that's because it's not a betrayal if it's a random stranger. They have no relationship with you. They have no obligation to you. So by nature, betrayal is something that happens from somebody who's very close to you, very, whether it's a family member, um, by blood, a spouse, a best friend, somebody that you thought that you could trust. And in every single one of these cases, we'll see this. And of course, in our own lives, you will probably notice that the people who are most likely to betray you are those that are really close to you, or the people who have betrayed you have been very close to you. And of course, you are at risk for betraying the people that are close to you. The other thing is that the motivation almost always comes from some sort of Uh, glorification of self basically you are falling victim to the temptation of wanting things for you whether it's you've coveted something you are being greedy you are jealous of someone it's always 
focus back on you. It's when you are selfish and you are concentrating on the self as opposed to everyone else. So that's another thing that I want you to pay attention to as we discuss each situation. Um, So without further ado, the first situation of betrayal that I want to talk about is the betrayal that happened between Jacob and Esau. Now, some people might not necessarily call this a betrayal um, because Jacob basically walked up and said, you know, hey, I'll sell you this food for your birthright. And Esau agreed. That was basically just kind of shady and not okay. And then, of course, technically the blessing was part of the birthright. The firstborn child would get the blessing. And so in a way, Esau had forfeited that blessing that Jacob uh, stole or tricked his father into giving him. But he betrayed his father because his father doesn't know that he's giving him a blessing. He didn't do it in an honest fashion. And he didn't say to Esau, hey, your father is about to give the blessing. I'm going to take it because you gave me your birthright. So there was clearly you know, some shadiness involved. He knew that it wasn't a straight up deal. And that's why I would consider it betrayal. And I'm pretty sure Esau considered it betrayal. Jacob had to flee. um, And even on his return, he was afraid for his life. He was not sure that Esau would not kill him. And even though Jacob repented of this and acknowledged that he was wrong in doing these things, um, you know, there was still bad blood between Jacob's descendants and Esau's descendants for the totality of their existence. So clearly it was just a mess that happened from this. But Jacob's motivation for this was greed, right? He wanted the birthright. He wanted something that did not belong to him. There was greed, there was coveting. Um, That was the primary motivation for what he did. But it's interesting because when Jacob took Esau's birthright there is a a sense of misrepresentation or not putting all the facts on the table what we see in this situation is that Esau did not appreciate his birthright otherwise he would not have agreed to give it to him for the food he'd have been like keep your food I'm gonna go get my own food because I'm keeping my birthright but Esau didn't know what he had so he was like sure fine whatever I want the food and so we see kind of two, two things happening. You know, Jacob is preying on Esau's weakness and Esau is succumbing to, you know, fleshly desires. Like I need food, I'm hungry, I want this now. And we can, both, we can relate to both things. And I feel like as we go through life, particularly in society today, it's really easy to get into situations where we can easily better ourselves, whether it's in class, whether it's in our career, um, whatever it is, by just not giving all the details. It would be really easy to just kind of snake something from underneath somebody by just not telling them how much it is worth or how valuable it is and allowing them to think that it's not that valuable. So, oh, you're desperate. You need to get yourself out of this mess. Yes, sure. Here, sign over this to me and I'll take care of it. Um, 
all the while knowing that you're basically robbing them of something that could be great for them. And particularly in this case, because they're brothers, you know, it's our responsibility to help each other. If, you know, if my sister had something that was extremely valuable, what kind of sister would I be to not tell her, take it from her and then keep it for myself? Um, clearly I should be like, yo, you have this, you, you have this gift. Like these are all the things you could do with this. And to be honest, if I went about it that way, perhaps she would include me in, you know, the payout. Um, and so it's interesting because obviously that's not what happened with Jacob and Esau. And a lot of times we fall prey to the temptation and that's not what happens with us either. Now, of course, Things happen the way they happen for a reason. God already knew that this was going to happen. And the promised seed ended up coming through the line of Jacob. For whatever reason, that's just how the cookie crumbled. But we do see that there is drama that occurs because of this. There are problems that happen due to this. And Esau wasn't completely innocent. It's one of those things, like I said, there's a gray area because Esau didn't value what he was supposed to have. He didn't value, um, you know, his, his, his responsibilities, so to speak. And a lot of times when we do things, we use this type of thinking to excuse our behavior. We look at it and we're like, but you're not really that great of a person anyway, so it doesn't matter if I betray you. We want to be careful not to do that. I definitely believe that, you know, no matter what Jacob had done, I do believe that the promised seed was supposed to come through the lineage of Jacob. That's why it did come through the lineage of Jacob. But I also believe that Jacob could have handled the situation better and still accomplished what happened. I think that God gives us choices and while the outcome may end up being similar, it is up to us to choose to take the godly route to get there or to fall into temptation and go about it in a messy way. And the outcome, like I have been saying, is that there was tension between these people and the life of Jacob's descendants could have been much easier if there hadn't have been that tension between the Edomites and the Israelites, which came from this betrayal. So remember, whatever your actions are, you reap what you sow. So if you go about things in a shady manner, then that is going to follow you down the line. And going into this next example, I'm talking about following people down the line, you know about generational curses, you know that what you do, you know, your kids will pick up and they will do and their kids may pick up and they will do and it just becomes a never-ending cycle. And so we see this same, the same type of betrayal of brothers within Jacob's own children. So the next betrayal that I want to talk about is that of Joseph and his brothers. His brothers sold him into slavery. Y'all, like we know that what Judas did was bad. But I feel like this is a whole nother level right here. Your own brothers sold you into slavery. They wanted to kill him. But, you know, somebody talked them down and was like, nah, we can get money 
if we sell him. That is absolutely horrific. I don't know how Joseph forgave them. That is a whole nother level of godliness right there. But again, the motivation is self-interest. So Joseph's brothers were jealous of him. And that is why they wanted to do something to him. Now, greed played in a part because instead of killing him, they sold him into slavery because they wanted money on top of their jealousy. And so when we look at this, there are a couple of things to point out. Obviously, we've all been in the situation. If you have siblings, you've probably been compared to them inadvertently or, you know, on purpose. And you may have felt a way if you were the sibling that got lower grades or wasn't as good at you know your extracurricular activities or whatever you felt like you were on the sideline it's easy to become jealous of the other sibling it's easy to become jealous of your friends maybe they're doing better in life maybe their career is going better maybe they're more financially stable maybe they have a better relationship than you do um it's easy to see that and of course in the age of social media where people are misrepresenting themselves online, it's very, very easy to be unsatisfied with your own situation and become jealous of those around you. And I feel like we all, we see ourselves as the hero or the main character or you know the protagonist of the story. And so a lot of times, when we look at situations, we see things from a very warped point of view. I can tell you honestly, I've looked at people and I've had the thought, you know, like I'm out here, you know, I'm working hard, I'm, you know, struggling, I'm, I'm doing everything that God told me to do and yet I'm in this situation and this person has all of these other things that I want and I don't have that why you know and you begin to feel jealous towards that person and that is the devil leading you down a path you don't want to go down that is what we're trying to recognize this is the same thing that happened to joseph's brothers they were out there they're watching the sheep they're you know doing all the things all the chores and you know they're they're doing all the things that their father has asked them to do and yet he playing favorites with this little boy that's not doing these things. And he's giving him special attention and special clothes. And it's like, what I got to do to be favored in your eyesight? Like, why can't I have that? Why can't you pay me some attention? And so that fueled their hatred for Joseph. And it's interesting how jealousy works like that because... We don't become angry with the person who's giving the person attention. We become angry with the person who's getting the attention. Like they didn't get upset at their father for liking Joseph. They got upset with Joseph for being liked. And it's like, even, I mean, like, even though I can sit here and tell you and rationalize that that is absolutely insane, we all do that. Whether it's you got a crush on somebody and they like somebody else, you don't find yourself disliking your crush. You dislike the person they got a crush on, right? Like you, you, you know, siblings, you don't get upset with your mother for favoring your, your, your sister or your brother. You get upset with your sister or your brother. 
I don't know why we do that. You know, in, in, in school, you don't get mad at the teacher. You get mad at the, the, the teacher's pet. I don't know why our brains work like that, but that's what happens. And then the devil comes in and he uses that to convince us to do things to bring harm to that person. But the thing is, you reap what you sow. Um, and whatever bad you sow, that's going to come back to haunt you. Um, but also, you know, when people are innocent, it will show, it will shine. And, you know, Joseph was betrayed, but he went on to become a great great person I mean if he had not been betrayed he would have never became second in command in the most powerful country or nation of his time and so it all worked out basically to everybody's favor because because he went into slavery he was able to interpret the dreams of the pharaoh and he was able to prepare for the famine and then his own family had to come to get food to be spared from the famine and we see that his brothers were repentant um, and he forgave his brothers and that's an important thing I don't know if I pointed that out when I was talking about Jacob and Esau but Jacob eventually felt remorse for what he had done to Esau as well and had to um, apologize and try to make amends for what he had done and I think it's important to point out that in all three of the cases that I'm going to talk about, the person realizes that they're wrong. You, you have, you're going to see, if you betray somebody, you're going to live, I have a, my grandfather used to say, you're going to live long enough to see it bite you in the butt. You're, you're going to live to see that you've been, that you were wrong. Um, and in each case, the person realizes that they were wrong and they have to try to make amends. And the thing is, there are certain things that, yes, as Christians, we are called to forgive people, but there are certain scars that you can't erase. Like, even though I may forgive you, even though Joseph may have forgiven his brothers, he still spent time as a slave. That will never change. That will never go away. Even though, uh, you know, Jacob apologized to Esau, Esau may have you know, tentatively forgiven him or, you know, welcomed him back into the land, not killed him, whatever. There was still tension there. There was still a hurt that words could not fix, that objects could not fix. There's just, you know, it, it, it exists and you've created something that shouldn't have never been there. So that being said, let's talk about Judas. Judas sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. He sold out the son of God. Judas falls into so many categories um, that, you know, now that we're nearing the end of the episode, I kind of regret talking about the other people, but I just, I feel like all of it is necessary. So hopefully this won't be too long. Judas is basically a sellout, a snitch, all of these things that, you know, were taught not to do from a very early age at least I know that is definitely true in black culture we all know the saying snitches get stitches I'm not endorsing that statement I'm just saying you've heard it you've probably been taught that um you know stick your head in a corner and mind your own business but Judas did the exact opposite he went to the government authorities and was like this Jesus character that you're looking for I know him I can I can take you to him I just need the money 
and he he formed this whole setup and ratted Jesus out. We aren't really given a solid motivation for why Judas decided to betray Jesus. We do know that it was prophesied as early as in Isaiah. We knew that the son of man, that the Messiah would be prophesied, um, it would be betrayed. Um, and Jesus himself said that one of the 12 would betray him. So he knew it was coming as well. Um, he knew that J- Judas was going to do it and he allowed Judas to do it, which is a whole nother testament of who Jesus was and his character. But I've heard various different theories about why it was that Judas betrayed Jesus. And I wanted to talk about a couple of them because, again, I want us to identify things that we have in common with betrayers so that we can look for these traits in ourselves and be on our guard when we feel these things so that the devil doesn't get us to do the same thing. So one thing about people snitching on people is, again, when we're talking about selfishness, is a fear for their own self. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to go down with you. So I'm going to rat you out so that I don't get in trouble, right? Like we definitely see um, this is one of the tactics police officers use in crime scene investigations when they get people in. This is why they tell you don't commit crimes with multiple people. Again, don't commit crimes at all. I'm not endorsing these theories. I'm just telling y'all basic knowledge. Um, you know, they separate the people out and then they make it, they make the person feel like if they put everything on the other person or if they confess the things that they can get less time. And so as the heat was winding up and, um, you know, the Romans and the, the Pharisees and everyone was basically trying to enclose upon Jesus and try to, you know, punish him for being himself, um, the question is, was Judas afraid that he would go down with Jesus? Was he thinking like, hey, if I give him over, I save myself and I don't have to worry about this. It's very possible that he was looking at the situation like, oh man, you know, I decided to follow this guy and it didn't turn out the way I thought it would. And now we might go to jail and I'm, I'm just trying to save myself, right? Again, selfishness, trying to save self. Um, personally, I don't think that's what was happening. I don't think somebody, you know, caught Judas and was like, yo, we're going to take you to jail. Um, cause that's not what's recorded in the Bible, but that could have been something that was on his mind. Again, I'm not a fan of that theory being his motivation, but I do think that it's important to, to think about just in the case that we experience that feeling sometimes where we just want to save ourselves Another theory is that he just wanted money, right? Because Judas had an issue with gambling, I believe. Don't quote me on that. I will look it up and add it to the show notes. Um, But definitely we see that he got 30 pieces of silver out of this deal. Maybe he wanted something. He just wanted the money. And again, that's always a temptation. Sometimes we will sell people out just to get some sort of financial gain for ourselves and when we are in the hole y'all as millennials those of my millennial listeners 
who have student loan debt and other things. I know money is tight. And sometimes when you're looking at a situation and you're like, oh, I could get X, Y, Z. And all I got to do is say A, B, C. Let me do that. Right. And you may be betraying God. You may be betraying your family. You may be betraying a complete stranger. I don't know. But sometimes we are extremely desperate for money and we will do insane things. It is very, very possible that that's where Judas was in this situation. Like he just needed this money to to pay off somebody or to cover up something that he had done and he got desperate. So he was like, I'm gonna just throw Jesus under the bus and I'm gonna get my money. That's very possible. That is one of the leading theories of his motivation. Another motivation, a possible motivation, um, that I didn't learn about until later, um, is that Judas didn't actually think that Jesus would die. And this theory is presented based upon the fact that the Jews, including the 12 disciples, were expecting a Messiah that was going to come back and restore Israel to its former glory. They were going back to the days of Solomon, of independence, and um, that's what they expected from Jesus, that he would overthrow the Romans, kick them out, and everything would be all great again. But that requires an aggressive, powerful, forceful leader, not the meek and mild person that Jesus came as. Basically, they expected end time Jesus, second coming Jesus during the first coming. And so it is possible that what Judas thought was that when the soldiers showed up to take Jesus, that it would force his hand to start this revolution, that he would begin to fight and he would conquer them and overthrow Rome. And then they would have their glorious victory. Now, I don't know if that's actually what Judas was thinking, but that would still be into the vein of selfishness of I want you to do this this way. So I'm going to try to manipulate the situation to put you in a position where you will have to do it my way. Again, like I said, ultimately, the Bible doesn't tell us why Judas betrayed Jesus. It just tells us that he did. And it also tells us that afterwards, he felt so guilty that he hanged himself. He tried to give the money back and he hanged himself. Like I said, you will always regret betraying somebody. Always. And I think it's important for us to think about what we have in common with these people because it is so easy for us to get caught up in ourselves. It's so easy to get caught up in the situation And to think either A, no one will get hurt, B, what they don't know won't hurt them, or just to be so consumed in our jealousy that we don't care about what happens to the other person. And we don't like to admit that, but sometimes that's just how we feel. But it's important that in those moments that we go to God and hand that burden off and and say like, Lord, I need you to help me because I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling jealous. I'm feeling greedy. I'm feeling covetous. And I'm thinking about doing things that that are not right. And you will reap what you sow. Like I said, in every single one of these cases, the person had to regret it and they had to deal with the consequences of their actions. They severed relationships. They doomed themselves, um, created unnecessary drama. 
These are things that we don't want. And of course, on the flip side, if you've been betrayed, remember that there is still a chance for you to come out on top. There is still a chance for you to be successful. And of course, remember that it's generally not about you. It, it wasn't you that they were betraying. Technically, they betrayed themselves because they put themselves in horrible positions. But also that those feelings are not of God. Those are feelings that the devil gives us to cause us to cause harm and to cause chaos, basically. So as you go throughout your week and as you process the feelings that you have, um, I definitely want you to keep in mind these different scenarios and how they affected the life of the person who did the betraying and the life of the person who was betrayed. And as you meditate on that, let that help you bring yourself out of that temptation. See you guys next week.